Worldwide, the Great Resignation is a hugely popular topic currently, even if it is more people thinking through their vocational options in greater numbers than quitting their jobs. But there are many people making moves, with many more likely to follow. The causes are many. The pandemic, working from home, more emphasis on lifestyle, more focus on interests, values and purpose, fear about our collective futures, the growth of the gig economy, and this list is hardly comprehensive. The consulting industry, which is very large, 100 billion or more and growing rapidly, is an attractive option. So many people are interested in becoming independent consultants, a bolder few are thinking about starting their own firms. This podcast is about building your own consulting adventure, doing it in a question and answer format. In this initial episode, we'll get at the basics. What is the consulting industry? Where has it been and where is it going? And what is a consultant? You're listening to Build Your Consulting Adventure, a podcast aimed at people who want to examine the idea of becoming a consulting entrepreneur, what they need to do to prepare, and how they should start. Even if they should start, running your own business isn't for everyone, despite what you hear on many social channels. So this is a safe place to get honest, direct, and objective answers to the questions you have about the process of becoming a consulting entrepreneur. So we hear so much about the great resignation and future of work. David, how does this relate to consulting? Well, Andrew, I think we're going through a very long-term work and vocational shift that's been accelerated by the pandemic. And work for so many reasons has changed and employment isn't what it used to be. So as a result, consulting is seen as one of the attractive alternatives. Let's get to the first principles. What is the consulting industry? Well, Andrew, it's not so simple. If you look it up in the dictionary, you'll see words like professionalism, advice, and expertise. When you go online, there's many more definitions of what consulting is, and it can get confusing. So based on my experience, this is my definition of what consulting is. It's basically anywhere where you're delivering your expertise or specialized knowledge as a service to business organizations in order to affect some kind of change or transformation at that particular organization. What makes consulting and the consulting industry so confusing? Well, Andrew, for those of us that are in it, it's not confusing. But for outsiders or people looking to get into it, it can be confusing because there's there's really four factors here. First, a lot of people categorize it as a professional service. That's like lawyers and accountants, you know, where they have certifications. There's no real certification in consulting. The second one is that Consulting can be used, and the word consultant can be used for both individuals and for um, consumers. So, for instance, in some places, they actually call physicians consultants. And, uh, you know, lots of business to consumer organizations have sales consultants and service consultants. The third is that in the history of consulting, it started with a subset that's known as management consulting. That's providing expert advice to, you know, executives and senior management. And some people still think that's all it is. And fourth has really been the explosion in new services, many of them technology-based. And a lot of these people don't even think of themselves as consultants. David, what are some key factors about the business-to-business consulting industry? Well, there's a few. 
The first is that it's large. Depending on what um, definition of consulting you use, it can be several hundred billion worldwide. Now, conventionally defined consulting grows at 5 to 10% of a, per year on a revenue and an employee basis and provides very high-paying jobs. But the real interest for us is the explosion that we're seeing in new expertises. A lot of this is driven by technology, but we're also seeing big change in business processes. Everything from talent management, recruiting, onboarding, across to the other side, you've got sales, marketing, and customer service changes. And that's the real beauty of consulting. If somebody stays ahead of the learning curve and is an early adopter of a new expertise, there's so many businesses that are eager to have you come in and help them with it. Can you give us some examples of these new services, as you call them? Yeah, Andrew, there's so many. Let's start with something that everybody knows about, which is websites, e-commerce, SEO. That is still large and continuing to grow. And people are using it for much more than just online brochures and ordering products. And then let's get into a whole bunch of other fields. There's social selling. There's social and digital marketing. There's e-learning, digital security, moving everything to the cloud, artificial intelligence. The list just keeps going on and on. Earlier, you talked about some of the services not seeing themselves as a consultant. Why is that a problem? Well, Andrew, if you go back to my original definition, if you're actually selling a specialized set of expertise and knowledge into a business organization, in a services fashion, trying to affect change, by definition, you're a consultant. It's really all about the buyer values and needs and the behaviors that business clients have. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, a client reached out to us to help complete a training website for them. Now, we weren't in the website business, but they had hired a uh, an up-and-coming digital agency. The problem was they expected it to be run like a consulting assignment, regular com communications with their clients, uh, proper status reports, a good definition of what the deliverables would be, proper uh, estimates of the cost and the duration of it. And this firm was doing none of that. They were focused on being hip and flip and trendy design, and they just lost the business completely. What is the nature of the consulting industry? There's a few factors. First off, it's fragmented. Even though there's giant players like Accenture and McKinsey that everybody's heard of, there's just so many players and they really don't dominate the landscape. Secondly, you know, if you look at it in the United States, the average revenue for a consulting firm is $350,000. So that tells you there's a lot of one and two person uh, companies out there. The third factor is there's no barriers to entry that anybody can join. There is no certification and you can just hang out your shingle and see whether anybody buys you. And that brings to the fourth point, which is much of the new services that I'm emphasizing, the new work is done by new entrants or young small firms. So let me give you an example in my last company. Towards the end, we became a Microsoft partner in the area of um, what's now been called Power Apps with Power BI and so on and so forth. And at first, it was just people like us all over North America, all over Europe, little 
companies anywhere from zero to 50, maybe 60 you'd get to doing all this work. Then once it became more popular, you're seeing what I'm, I'm seeing in the market all the time, with which is a consolidation, that the big companies then move in, try to build up their expertise and acquire some of these firms. Okay, let's stop there as there's a lot of information to digest. There is, Andrew, you're right. There are some companion blogs to this uh, podcast that will allow people to explore more if they want to know about them. They can be found at insights.aid.guide. And they can also be found in our show notes as well. And next episode, we'll ask the question, what is it like to be a consultant? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.